lovely lot. Welcome back to another episode of Find Your Fizz, hosted by none the other than myself, Fizz Yassin. Not only am I a podcast host, but I'm also a specialist yoga teacher, a nutritionist, a heart warrior, a mental health advocate, and an all-round happiness viber. This podcast will bring you moments to tune into a support bubble with the intention to inspire you week on week with some amazing conversations from a range of wonderful humans. From thought leaders, teachers, to athletes, medical professionals, authors, business owners, to everyday happiness vibers. There's bound to be a conversation that may just speak to you and help you unleash your truest potential by helping you find your fits. Knowing happiness is not a destination, but a constant journey we are all on. This week, I'm so excited to have my good pal, Fraser Snowden, onto the show. Fraser is a medical student and a real-life happiness viber. We look at how taking care of yourself is the key to finding a more happier, sustainable life. By sharing experiences, reflecting on life with a good cup of coffee, and surrounding yourself with other happiness vibers. Just a little trigger warning, we do talk about mental health, so please do check the show notes for more information and get help if you need any support. So let's cue this week's show and see how we can find more moments of fizz in our lives. This week is dedicated to any medical student out there. If you know a medical student, you will know how stressful and tough medical school is, but more so over a global pandemic. Well, today on the show, I have one of my good friends, Fraser Snowden, a fifth year medical student from Liverpool. When Fraser is not taking care of patients and studying, he's out climbing Mount Snowden, his fave, obviously, and out building bushcraft tents out of Captain American Shields. He's unofficially also become a top tour guide of the best independent coffee shops within Merseyside. Oh, yes. Fraser is currently applying for a foundation program to start working as a junior doctor next August. And I'm super excited to have him on the show. Hey, buddy. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How's how's today been? Uh, just just been busy. I, I, um, as I was saying to you earlier, like I feel like I'm having to do all the rounds and see see everyone before we go into this like, inevitable lockdown again. Yeah, just for context, we are recording on the day after we got told lockdown 2.0 is on its way, yeah. which is, yeah, obviously it must be really tough for you as well, because obviously Liverpool went into tier three lockdown and you were kind of very much into that. And now obviously it's now a national lockdown again. Yeah, and I feel like we've only just been sort of getting used to the, the way of things in Liverpool and now we've just added an extra layer onto it. Um so uh, yeah, it's it's one of those, isn't it? Like, because how has it been for you? Obviously, being a medical student when the global pandemic first started, like, how did it affect you? Well, so obviously, this this virus was like floating around in sort of December time, and I don't think anyone fully comprehended like the implications of it at that point. Um, and I, I just remember being on placement in like January and February and I started making the news a bit more. Um, and then within the hospital that I was in, we started um, actually started doing simulation training just in case we had patients coming in um, with like certain symptoms. But it never really, I don't think anyone actually thought that what happened would have happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And I, I, I really, I, I remember the day, it was some, it was early March and I was, I was at placements. Uh, um, I was at, um, within, I was actually in the A&E, A&E department. I was on my A&E placement and the A&E was starting to change. So we were moving patients to what we called the um, respiratory area. Um, but then we realized that more and more patients were coming in with um, respiratory symptoms and people were starting to realize that actually this is a lot bigger than um, what we initially thought. Um, and then on that day, I got um, an email from the university saying that I was to withdraw from placement immediately. Um, and I, I, my heart just sank. And But I also went into sort of like panic mode and um, I drove home um, and then I quickly packed everything that I thought I might need. But interestingly, I only packed for two weeks because I thought I'd be back. <laughs> um and I, yeah, I was panic grabbing things. I, I, for some reason, I grabbed my Nutribullet um, and it was just like throwing stuff in the back of the car. I then just drove drove home because I, I honestly thought like I was going to get stuck in Liverpool. And my housemates had already left because they'd scarpered because they, they knew what they thought was coming. And, and yeah, so I just I just headed home. Um, and then, yeah, and then I was stuck at home for three months. Wow. Where's um, where's home for you? So Liverpool is where you obviously you're at university, but where's home home? Uh Staffordshire. So I, I literally I always say to people that I live near Alton Towers because I can literally see the Alton Tower fireworks. <laughs> uh, that's how close I am to Alton Towers. And 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 I was I was very fortunate that um I know a lot of people had different experiences of lockdown and I was very lucky that I could go home to such a rural area and be able to enjoy like the out like being outdoors like for like that one hour of exercise that we could have a day but I think what was difficult everyone's got different experiences of lockdown and everyone found lockdown difficult in different ways but um, I've spoken to a lot of medical students about this and I think what was difficult for medical students is especially like um, because obviously you might have seen on the news that a lot of the final year medical students they were getting drafted in um, to Mm -hmm. help but we were in a weird position that we weren't qualified enough to automatically help um and initially I think a lot of people in my position felt a bit helpless and not knowing what to do like we wanted Mm. to be on the wards like there was stuff that we probably could have been doing but because of the logistics and like the like uh, insurance purposes or university policies and stuff we just couldn't be on the wards and so that first month was very difficult for a lot of medical students because they we felt helpless there was um and then after we realised that, wow, we're probably not going to be going back to the wards, then that's when people started doing other things with themselves. So joining, like, you know, obviously the NHS volunteer scheme or people started, like, you might have seen that a lot of medical students offered childcare to doctors and nurses that were working in the NHS. So there were ways that, obviously, medical students tried to um, help during the pandemic, but, like, yeah, it was it was difficult, like, just feeling so helpless from we all knew that we could be doing something. Yeah, it must get to a point where you're just like, this is what I'm training for and I could really be helping in this pandemic. But like you said, it, it is really difficult when you're in that position where there's no insurance and there's no scope of like an actual role for you guys to maybe have you there would have been really tricky to, I guess, guide you whilst also trying to work out how to deal with corona do you know how like a lot of the staff were coping and how they were feeling um i think initially the 
the morale in the NHS was really good because obviously like there was the the clap for carers um and I think people like the doctors and nurses seeing that like it, it gave them sort of like motivation and made them think that yes I'm doing the right I need to help I think the morale was really like high initially um but I think doctors and nurses but also just the general public as well we're getting a bit like fatigued of COVID we sort of we're ready for life to go back to normal and I think it's it's the hard reality of knowing that life might not be going back to normal for a long time that I think mm. that's what is fatiguing everyone and um, I, I think now the morale in the NHS is low because we're obviously heading into the second wave and we already know what happened in the first wave and I think people aren't ready to to go through it again yeah and I think we we kind of just spoke off off record and I was like how tough it's been for not only myself like you know as uh, as a yoga teacher and just trying to understand what what I want to do because you know I think you've always said to me and a lot of people have always said to me you'd be so great in the NHS like you'd be super with everything but it's always really really hard to know especially like you know I'm I'm in the vulnerable category so I had to obviously shield and it's just such a weird thing did you find that with any of your friends and things like that that were shielding just you know really finding it difficult at the same time yeah definitely so I think people forget as well that like a lot of doctors and nurses and medical students and 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 people who work in the NHS would also came under the category of shielding yeah um and I, I think those people especially found lockdown very difficult because like like especially like people who were qualified and should be able to work in like their roles within the NHS. I've got quite a few friends who mm. um, weren't able to do the roles that they normally would do because they they had to be shielding, and and I think they found that really really difficult. Um, obviously, things were put in place so they could do stuff at home, but it's never going to be the same. You're never going to have the same patient interaction um, no. o- over like Skype or Zoom or, or whatever you're using. Like it. And I think, yeah, people find that really difficult. You know, and I think that is such a funny thing to say as well, because a lot of people that end up being a doctor or a nurse are those types of people, like, say, me, or, you know, who have gone through so much during their younger years and have got an existing medical condition and they want to help someone else. But um, people lose sight that, you know, a lot of the NHS workers out there right now, they all live with a condition. They've all got something wrong with them as well that has inspired them and like really motivated them to become someone that can help other people. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think that's if you if you ask a lot of people who work in the NHS, they they will have some sort of story that inspired them to to go into the NHS and to to go into a career of caring for people. Mm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. No, uh, that's exactly right. Yeah, like I I feel that, um, especially like my brother's a GP and he always said to me that, um, you know, if it wasn't me that was going to be a doctor, he he obviously (laughs) chose to be the doctor. It's so amazing to see, you know, how important the NHS is and how people actually really, I think, are more grateful for it and they're grateful for the people that are within it. Definitely. I think after this pandemic, I think people will really um, admire what the NHS did for everyone during like one of probably the most difficult times in our lifetimes. And I'd like to think as well that people would have a great understanding of what the role of 
different people in the NHS do if that makes sense like mm. like what the role of a doctor is what a role of a nurse is but also like that it's not just the doctors and nurses that make up the NHS it's like that it's the it's the physiotherapists it's the occupational therapists mm. it's the all their healthcare assistants it's it it's the cleaners and I think that this pandemic has given greater awareness to actually who is an essential worker right yeah. and 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 who the who are the people that we really rely on day in day out to keep the NHS and the country running yeah for sure let's take it back to I guess your childhood what inspired you to um become a doctor and also like I guess what made you so optimistic with life as well so there's two different questions but yeah what kind of inspired you and what made you so optimistic I think that's quite a difficult question because I, I remember thinking like I've, I've always wondered like why why did I take the path that I took and um I think if you ask a lot of medical students, like a lot, obviously a lot of them have had like experiences for the NHS, which is what has inspired them. But I personally, I, I didn't actually have that much like, interaction with the NHS when I was growing up. I think I always knew that I wanted to work with people. Like, mm. I, 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 I realised very quickly that uh, I'm, a, I'm a people person. I like being around you people, different people working in a team. And just going, when I was in school, I just realised that, hang on, I'm actually quite good at science. And then people naturally just push me towards medicine. And I've just been quite lucky that as I've gone into this career, I've realised that I've I made exactly the right decision and I've absolutely loved it. So it, it maybe could have, it could have ended very badly. I could have like ended up going down this career path and not, not enjoying it at all. But um, I think just because of the fact that I knew that I liked working with people and just making sure that people are okay, I think that that's why I've really got a lot out of being a medical yeah, well, student. Exactly. And I think you are definitely the type of person as well. Like I, I know when we first met and I was like, oh my gosh, let like we, we vibed so well in terms of our energy. And I think that's, that's obviously what, what I think it just makes it, especially because we were working with um, young people at the time. And I'm like, this is the exact sort of energy you need around kids to, show them that they not only kids but just people in general that you know it's okay and like you know I, I can be optimistic and positive and I know life isn't always going to be optimistic and positive for you but you do as a as a doctor I feel it, it does take a sort of person doesn't it it takes a sort of person that can sort of be there with the energy but also stay professional I think we were sort of like trying to figure out the word for this and we were like it's like doing professional play <laughs> um like 24 7 as much as you can yeah d definitely I think um it's a difficult skill I mean I don't know if I'd go as far to say it's a skill but like we've, we're finding difficulty trying to find this word because it, it's a difficult thing to sort of describe that mm. like you are present in people's most like intimate like moments of their lives and people are normally very emotionally vulnerable um and it's a you've got to be a professional sort of caregiver or professional sort of like emotional sponge like you have to be able to look after these people in a way that you'd look after your friends and family but also be able to detach yourself so that you're not personally involved in this situation mm. um and I think it's a very difficult sort of skill or like way to act because I, I've been in plenty of situations where you, you you're in very difficult situations uh like giving use to to patients and stuff like that mm. and 
you want to be there for them and you are there for them, but you've got to be able to remember that you're not there. No, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, so, so you feel like you want to be there as a friend, but you can't be there as a friend because you've got to detach yourself and look at this as a, I'm just here to kind of deliver the news. And I really feel like I, I wish I could be there for you right now, but you know, I can be there just as a professional, a professional yeah. voice yeah. as with the professional mindset that I, I am one person that you're going to remember as someone that came in obviously delivered the bad news but you tried to stay around and tried to see I was okay but that was it like you you are literally like like you just said about being a sponge you you are that sponge with your information you absorb it all in you think about it you tell them the information then you've just got to drain it out you've got to squeeze it out ready for the sponge uh, to take on something yeah. new Basically. and I think that's yeah uh, yeah you, 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 you've summed it up really well there um and, and and that I think that's what a lot of medical students find it difficult as they're going through medical school is how to deal with these emotions that people are like you, you see a lot of upsetting stuff in you and and I feel like you have to develop an emotional maturity that um most people our age don't yeah, have to yeah. develop so so quickly and I, I feel like you become mature very quickly as you're going through medical school and um, just because you're seeing such upsetting scenes that most people don't mm. would only see once or twice in your lifetime and you can see see it multiple times in a week and I've had plenty of chats with my friends of how best to deal with these like, emotions and upsetting scenes that you've seen um and it, it can it, it can be really difficult. It, it's sometimes difficult to not take home what you've seen. Yeah, I I, I really get that. And I think I, I've even like volunteering in the hospital, I see such upsetting scenes. And obviously, like especially when you've worked with a young person or someone really close and they've sadly passed away and you've basically spent like months or even years with a certain someone and you're just like, whoa, OK like this this is real like obviously you are that person that brings that light and laughter and love like we do at camp but um yeah it's just it's just really real tough so I, I really do feel that so in terms of like obviously this podcast is all about looking at the pockets of happiness that we've kind of had in our lives that have made this sort of journey for us what in your childhood kind of made you happy do you think I mean, just out of context, you, you sent me this question a couple of days ago, so I've had some time to think about it. And and I think the conclusion that I, I came to is that the moments in my childhood that brought me happiness were the moments that where I was sharing good experiences with other people. I love that. Um, like, it's uh, holidays or just even simple things like a good a good meal out where everyone just had such a good time like um, Christmases that everyone was around. Um, these these are the moments that I think brought me the most happiness as growing up as a child. And I think sometimes as we reach the age of like young young twenties, like as we as we're growing up, the scene we start getting all these expectations on us of what we should be doing to make us make ourselves happy. So I feel like there's this this burden to start getting ahead in life and getting a job and like getting a house and get a car and, and for some people that that is what makes them makes them happy but like I think 
looking back at my childhood my happiest moments were sharing experiences with other people and I think that's what I need to that's what I recommend to people is that as they're reaching this like difficult age of like early 20s is that don't feel pressured to do what other people do that makes them happy do what makes you happy make mm. make try and find those experiences with other people that you really treasure and try and put yourself in a position where you can keep on doing those yeah I really do love that and that really speaks to me because I'm all about just doing more of what makes you happy and I think you really summed it up there like I think from a young age when you are just sharing those moments and you you do really when you're speaking to like old school friends or old mates that you know and you're just like oh do you remember that time when so and so did this and then this happens and oh that was really cool that was you know that made me really happy and I think you you can still go back on those and it is those moments that really do shape you and I think it's obviously drawn into how you kind of live your life now because you are still doing lots of things that make you happy with your friends but it's shared experiences right like say climbing and you know going and researching all the best coffees around Merseyside (laughs) (laughs) those are great hobbies to have and I think sort of checking in with that now those are sort of things that have obviously helped you with your mental health and helped you kind of deal with say med school and things like that so can we sort of like dive into a little bit of that like how how have those things become your hobbies I think you've you've sort of hit the nail on the head there that all my hobbies are sociable hobbies Mm. right um and people might be listening and think well how is climbing a sociable hobby it's great I love it. it it is one of the most sociable activities you can do like even if you go to a climbing center on your own I can guarantee that someone will make a conversation with you just because um, it's such a sociable sport. Like people talk about like different routes or mm. um, how to do different things. Everyone's very willing to help each other get the best out of themselves, especially at a climbing centre. And, and that's why I absolutely love it. Like it's, it's just such a sociable, sociable place to be. I really do feel that in a climbing centre, actually. Like whenever I'm there on my own and I'm trying to figure out a route or I, I can see someone that is just kind of halfway up and they're like where do I put my foot and where do I put my hand and it was just like you know you you are looking from down and you're like right why don't you try this and it just instantly becomes like oh someone's talking to me (laughs) and it really helps you out and then you start to chat and that's that's how you make friends at the climbing center by helping others out definitely And, and climbing is sort of like my release like if I've had a, like a difficult week at placement, I look forward to my two hours at the climbing centre. Like, and I, I think that's what's important, that if it's it's fine to have busy weeks and it's fine to have emotionally draining weeks, but you need something to look forward to, to release uh, any of the stress or worries that you've got and just do something that you enjoy. And for me, that is also being around people. So mm-hmm. that's why climbing just works for me, that I can go and do something that I enjoy, but also I know that there's going to, even if I'm going on my own, I'll be able to go and have a conversation and it'll be a conversation completely irrelevant to what I've, to the week I'm having. It will be something like nothing to do with medicine, nothing to do about hospitals. It will yeah. be just something completely different. Like, and it, it's great. Well, it will just come back to you as a human being like, Hey, I'm Fraser. I'm, I'm just Fraser. Like I haven't got any expectations on what I should or shouldn't be. I haven't got a role or a title that I'm carrying right now or some scrubs on. Like you are just Fraser. Yeah, 
Definitely. And, and another reason why I absolutely love Liverpool as well, because even though obviously you've got the climbing centres that are friendly, like you can have these conversations at a bus stop in Liverpool. Scouts are the mm. friendliest people you'll ever meet. Um, yeah, and no one ever asks, no one really is bothered about who you are or what you do. They, they're just bothered about, like, do you want to have a nice chat? Should we just talk mm. about something that's nice to talk about? Yeah. And I really love that about you because I, I think it does come back down to just being human and people forget to just be a human. And it just it just totally does get to me sometimes. And I'm just like, guys, like everyone just be kind to each other. That's all you need to do. That's, yeah. you know, just treat everyone as if they're your friend because you never know what someone is going through. And I think that's really important. But yeah, I know I love that. And when did you kind of figure out that climbing was your release and it was the thing that kind of helped you out with just, you know, dealing with med school? Probably probably third year of university. So just for like context, like, so in first and second year, um, most of our university experience is the same as other students that um, we're at lectures or like seminars and stuff. And but then at third year, we start our hospital placements um and it was a very big shift because then suddenly we were no longer like students on campus that we, we, we hardly spent any time on campus we were we started seeing like uh, and becoming started learning the role of the job that we're going to go into yeah so and you l- learn learn to be a doctor basically like basically, third year yeah. is the year that you're like right everything you've learned this is where you're going to put it down into actually helping people definitely and and it's, it's like the start of um, an apprenticeship you, you third and fourth and fifth year they're just you're just constantly in placement preparing you for for the role ahead and that's when I realized that I needed an outlet um and so I'd already been introduced to climbing by one of my friends in second year and so I just started using it as um as an outlet in third year but I also made sure that I had other outlets as well for example and I've told you this before that I got into yoga yeah um, <laughs> And, and I, I just, I, I don't know why, but I, I think I saw like an app or something on the app store. Um, I think it was, it was called Down Dog. I don't know if you've ever come yeah, across I've it. Heard yeah. Of <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I just started doing stuff in my room and it was just like either 20 minutes, 30 minutes where I think that's the beauty of yoga is that it just focuses, it makes you focus. So you can't think of anything else. Mm. And it's just such a great release. Yeah, it it really is. And I think, you know, when, um, for context, when me and Fraser met, we were away at, at a children's camp. And one of the nights, I think I just led a midnight volunteer yoga session, <laughs> which was epic. I think it was so nice. But when you kind of spoke to me about it, and you actually like had such a deep and meaningful experience with yoga and you kind of told me that and I was like whoa like I just thought like people were just joining in for the fun of it I was like it's just something everyone's oh yeah I'll join in Fizz is just holding a yoga session but it's so nice to see how how much it has given you room to clear space because you've obviously done yoga with me over zoom as well over lockdown which has been so lovely to see you but yeah like how do you think it's kind of really helped you change your mindset to a certain way and also it's great for climbing as well isn't it that's another thing as well to add yeah well uh, yeah I mean yoga is so good for flexibility and sometimes you need to especially in climbing you have to be able to get your um leg up quite high and su- yeah. surprisingly high sometimes and and yoga definitely helps with that and it also helps with your balance as well like uh, there's a lot of balance in climbing mm. um so yoga definitely helps with that but yeah like I think 
the reason that I enjoyed doing yoga so much, especially I did a lot of it in third and fourth year, was because it gave me an excuse to just shut down for 45 minutes, an hour, like however long I needed. And I think that's sometimes what you just need to do. Like you just need to be able to, and that's why I love your sessions at the weekend because it didn't matter, didn't matter what I was doing, where I was, but I knew that I was going to be for an hour, just concentrating on one thing. Um, and my mind was just going to be purely, purely focused on that. And I always, afterwards, I always just felt so relaxed and just like so happy. Oh, and just well, that makes so, me happy. so yeah and just so content like I think I think that's you, you you've got a really good knack of just making people very like content and just like happy oh well that's why I'm called happy heart flow <laughs> <laughs> um, to be able to share that happiness because I think it is it is really important like if you're a teacher or any sort of professional in anything you have got one opportunity to connect people or like, you know, the first time people meet you to really just change their mind and change, sort of inspire them with type of feeling that you can get from doing something or chatting to someone kind of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, it's also something that I really wanted to talk about was obviously, it's great that you found yoga, but a lot of men or like males, especially, don't tend to try to do it. Why do you think that is? And what would your advice sort of be on that? I really don't know why a lot of males don't try out yoga because it's one of these things that I it's it's good for core strength it's good for you I mean you can make yoga into a cardio exercise if you really want to Mm. um and it it can be an all-body round exercise um and I just people I think people just overlook it or don't don't consider it because they don't really understand like what you can get out of yoga Mm. but I was I was having this conversation with my housemate because I, I knew that I was coming onto the podcast and you wanted to talk about like male mental health and I think I think sometimes why men especially find it difficult to talk about mental health is because as I, I found this a lot during lockdown that it was it's difficult to have a phone call with with another guy sometimes um, I I don't know what the reasons is are for it um but I found that it was a lot easier to have a conversation with one of my male friends if I was doing something so like for example just playing online games so playing Mario Kart or something like that Mm. um and it's like sometimes guys need to be distracted with an activity to then actually have some meaningful discussion I get that yeah and I I I don't know why it's it's a weird sort of my thing that like guys do that they feel like they can't just pick up the phone and have a conversation it is really odd because I found this with even like young people and um especially teenage boys that I support at the hospital and I have to play like playstation with them to be able to get them to (laughs) like not not that I necessarily put onto them to like kind of talk to me but it's more so I think it just opens up like a barrier is released right you've got a way in to be able to just be like oh yeah yeah like I have been feeling like this and yeah it's not it's not been it's not been great and uh yeah it just I think it is just that initial sort of trying to release that barrier to be able to then open up discussion and be like it's okay rather than I can understand why well I try to understand (laughs) like for me it's obviously easy I'm quite an open book and I can sit down and speak to a friend and just be like yeah this is how I'm feeling over coffee but I know that must be really tough to sit and 
front of like another guy and just be like hey this is why I'm feeling and I don't understand why it is but do you feel that sometimes when you're sat and like just drinking a coffee with someone unless it's you know someone you know really really well another guy do you feel it's quite hard to talk openly definitely and and I think what I think what's nice is that I'm around a lot of guys that are happy to talk about like their feelings and stuff um and 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 I think that's just because like the sort of friendships that I make like they're normally very like open friendships and and people are happy to talk about those sort of stuff but yeah that there is just this barrier for guys sometimes to just be able to have these conversations that are quite obviously needed but just they feel like they can't have them um mm. and, and, and I love that you said that like playing PlayStation sometimes got rid of that barrier because that's exactly what it is like I and I think that's what I'd encourage people to do if, if you've got a, if you've got a, a male friend that you're worried about them or you think they need some something to do like have a conversation with even if you don't have like a like a playstation or something like just simple games over zoom or pub quiz or something can just be that initial like breakdown of the barrier for then for that person to feel like they can, they're comfortable enough to be able to talk to you mm, yeah i really think that's for me initially because i obviously want to support guys as much as i support girls is to just yeah find that way that you can just break down the barrier because i don't i don't think guys need to constantly feel like they have to be this sort of macho guys do have feelings and something I actually heard this week was um an older gentleman speak to me and and he was like you know people often forget that as you get older it doesn't mean like you're immune to feelings you you still feel you're you're still allowed to cry and I really felt that like I was like oh my gosh I can't believe you've just shared that with me and he was one of my students late 50s and I was just like whoa thank you so much for sharing that because he's obviously found lockdown really difficult but people sometimes hide away what they're feeling and it just all gets I know this really well because I've done this in the past where you just hold on to so many feelings and you get to a point where you're just like I just can't take this and as a medical student it's so important that you know throughout your training and medical placements that you are constantly releasing the stress you are encountering at the same time. Yeah definitely and I, and I think I've got to the point now that my housemate will know if I've had a bad day or not just the benefit of living with someone that you, you know so well is that when you come in through the door they know exactly if you've had a bad day or not um, and they will ask the right questions right because that and, and I think this is what's so nice about living with other medical students is they know exactly what you're going through mm. they, they understand like the, the stresses and the in the situations that you might have found yourself in like that day yeah and do you feel that is something that in medical training in like universities and things, they need to really encourage, I guess, not only just males, but female doctors as well to take care of themselves as much as you take care of others. I think that's a big thing, isn't it? In any sort of like caregiving role, you always give everything to everyone else and less to yourself. Yeah, d- definitely. And I think it's something that universities are recognising that in high achieving professions like medicine or dentistry or um, lawyers or something there's they, they found that there's been a lot of research on this that they found that quite a lot of these professionals there's a lot of stories as I've been going through university that it stressed us that a, a lot of doctors have taken their own life because mm. when they reach their the role of like a junior doctor it's such a demanding role 
and it's such a stressful role that sometimes people just have no no other option and I think universities have understood this and, and they are really trying to input like like well-being and looking after your mental health and and for example I, I remember all the way through my time at Liverpool we used to have a well-being update we had an email every week with the university just telling to be a positive story on it or there'd be tips and tricks to looking after your mental health and I, and I think that it's really nice that we are getting to the stage now where we're recognizing that it's really important to look after your mental health and mm. I think the the profession is recognized this as well um and so after after stressful situations and stuff now there's a big emphasis on reflection and debriefing and so teams will come together and just in a, in a very like open situation just talk about like everyone's feelings and, and how everyone is handling the situation like it is going the right way and um, there's definitely more that could be done but I've seen I've, in my time at medical school I've already noticed that there's becoming a bigger emphasis on looking after your mental health that's that's so good to hear and I think it's so important because I obviously encounter so many you know medical staff and doctors with the work that I do you can sometimes just see it on written on people's faces they are calling out for help but people just don't always recognize it in in medical students or medical professionals and like you know just going on the basis I've really recognized that within like my brother and some of his friends you know now he's a GP but he's still quite a young GP and that's that's equally stressful because it's a lot about trying to get through as many patients as possible but it is it's just yeah giving yourself that five ten minutes throughout the day where you're just like I'm not okay but it's okay because I I have to really recognize that I'm not okay definitely but yeah, so you said you love independent coffee shops, right? <laughs> Where did this all start? Um, why is coffee something like that's been massive in your part? I think it's a great thing because I'm I'm a big independent coffee shop person as well. It definitely started when I came to university. Um, I've always liked coffee. And then I just started going to loads of different coffee shops because I realised that one of the best things to do after a long day at placement is to just sit down and have a coffee and just have a think about the day yeah. um and and so i i just sort of combined like i self-reflection and something that i love which is coffee um and i would just find myself in different coffee shops and yeah i i just i've been to pretty much most of the coffee shops <laughs> like in liverpool i just love trying out like the different coffees and just and just sitting and like feeling the ambience of the of the coffee shop as well I think it's just such a nice place to be oh that's so great and I really do feel that it's kind of like having a mindful coffee experience isn't it because you're just like contemplating about your day but you're just sipping taking one sip at a time and just really just thinking things over yeah and it's, it's an excuse to not be doing anything I mean there's not much you can do when you've got a coffee in your hand like yoga like climbing it's just being able to take a moment out of your day and just just enjoy a happiness in a cup right yeah exactly you know and I think that's really showcased with all your activities I always say like for me being a yoga teacher yoga became less of my happiest place and climbing became more because it was a mindful moving thing that I was doing and that kind of took over because I think similar sort of thing I think it's completely different context but in terms of being a yoga teacher you want to find something else that can help you like de-stress because you know you you are teaching constantly but I think obviously with you like self-reflection 
can come in so many different ways because you're always on your feet and always thinking about others. And now it's like a moment to think about yourself. Yeah, uh, I think I think that's what's important that right? medical students, you are you're constantly looking out for other people. And it's just hugely important that if you don't look after yourself, then you can't give 100 percent to your patients because you're not 100 percent yourself. Mm. Right? It's really important to look after yourself first and then you can look after other people it's okay to be a little bit selfish because you need that time to yourself sometimes yeah oh I love that I I definitely feel that if someone was looking for the best coffee in Merseyside where would it be and what kind of coffee oh (laughs) I've 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 got to give now I've I've got to give two places because it really depends on what sort of mood you're on right so if you if you're in a mood to just sit and like look out the window I would recommend 92 degrees which is on Hope Street okay um they do really good coffee, but I just really like the the cafe itself. Like there's, there's a nice little bit where there's like a bench, like, like a shelf bit, and you can like just sit and look out the window. So the seat faces out of the window. And it's just a really nice place to be. But the best coffee in Liverpool, not saying that 92 degrees isn't the best, got good coffee, but the best <laughs> coffee in Liverpool is definitely on Bowl Street and it would be their mocha on Bowl Street Coffee um but you can't really sit there it's too busy for me but I mean it's busy for a reason because it's good it's good coffee mm-hmm. what's normally your coffee order uh, always a mocha if I really wanted if I do want to try the coffee I'll go for a flat white but I've got a bit of a sweet tooth so I love trying different mochas love that you know hot chocolate and coffee what win-win right <laughs> yeah exactly it's just the best combination Oh, once lockdown is over, I'm going to have to come up to Merseyside and you're going to have to like tour me around all the coffee shops. Oh, definitely. That would be so good. Okay. Those tips, I think, are so great to really recognize like, you know, a lot of these are self-care practices that do make you happy. And you're a male that saying that. And I'm not saying there's any difference between males and females, but I think sometimes males really need to like hear that from another male. So thank you for kind of sharing those sort of tips and things. If you were to look back where you are now from maybe a couple of years ago when you started medical school, do you feel like you have learned a lot about yourself? And what, what kind of tips would you give to people or medical students, anyone that's looking for support with their self-care? I think the biggest thing you need to work out about yourself is what works for you I've told you like my experience and I've told you what works for me but that might work for everyone Mm. and I think it's just especially when you especially if you're a student and you're going to a new place uh, especially the students who all the freshers who are who are in lockdown at the moment it must be so difficult for them I, I think the most important thing to do for them is to just jump into every social experience you can like because I know personally that I get a lot of happiness and like well-being from being around others mm. um, and sh- sharing those experiences. So I just encourage students to just go and join different societies, even if they're online. Like even if it's like the cheese society online, like go and just buy the cheeses cheese that society. they want. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, there's there's all sorts of societies now. But like, I don't did, know you ever I join a, did you ever join a society when you were in your, like your first couple of years? Yeah. So I like this is my biggest tip because the reason that I loved universities that I just tried so many things. So in first yeah. year, I was in the scuba diving society. Never nice. scuba dived, never scuba dived in my life. Um, I just thought that sounds fun. I'll go and, go and learn how to scuba dive in the, the university pool. And then second year, I joined the kayak society nice. um, and spent 
like 20 years just kayaking in different places around the country which and again just meeting loads of like different people from all different courses as well i'm trying to think what obviously I, I then obviously i've joined loads of like medical societies as well and they're and they're really good for medical students because like every, like i said everyone's going for the same thing and um, but you've all got a shared interest so i've been part of the pediatric society for the past three years um mm. and it's really nice just being around people that have all got a similar interest yeah I love that. And I think it is like, even though we are in lockdown, it is really difficult for, you know, any societies to go ahead. But just being able to connect to those people that you would in time, fingers crossed, be able to, you know, eat cheese with or scuba dive with um, is just so essential to know that you are still connected and still, you know, going towards a direction where one day you'll be able to do that. Right. And that's important. Yeah, definitely. Right. It might be online now um, and you might be forming those connections online mm. now, but hopefully those connections will then take you to a place where you feel comfortable doing stuff. Like, Out, uh, outside well, of yeah, it. outside of when, whenever we come outside of this lockdown. Yeah. What other kind of self-care tips do you think you'd give? As we've already said, like the biggest theme for all the things that I really enjoy doing is like being around other people, or just taking time out for yourself and just having that self-reflection. Um, mm. So I think university can be a challenging but exciting time of your life, but it's always worth remembering that you just need to take maybe I don't know, 10, 20 minutes, half an hour, however, however long you need just to maybe sit, listen to some music or like download a yoga app or just find something that gives you time to just take, take yourself out of the day. I, I forgot to tell you like I, last week this is a bit this is this is going to be a bit of a tangent but it, okay. it applies so uh, I knew that Liverpool was going into tier three yeah and that uh, I was going to have more time to myself because initially the gyms and the swimming pool was going to be closed and, and that's where I found I, I enjoy being so I was like right I need something else to do and so I, I don't know why and I, I don't know where it came from that I bought a paint by numbers um, nice and so I'm slowly working through a paint by numbers and it just ticks so all the boxes. Good. Yeah. I got one it's, over lockdown. It's so good. Exactly. And it, it ticks all the boxes that I've been talking about that it just, it focuses, it makes you concentrate on something other than what you've been doing. Yeah. You, can, you, can, you can stick some music on, you can stick TV on and you're just purely focused on painting like numbers. And that's exactly it, isn't it? Because you can like disconnect away from your phone, put your phone on silent, put some music on and just not think about anything else, but like trying to get the numbers and painting the right one. Yeah, exactly. And I just think it's little things like that. People just need to go and have an explore of what they can do for themselves that mm. takes them away from day-to-day -day life and just gives them a moment to themselves. So it yeah. be that paint by numbers or or jigsaw or just, uh, just a walk around the park or something like that, just... Like just leave your phone at home or, or and just look after yourself. Yeah. Like, take, take some time out for yourself. I love that. I absolutely love that. Okay. Well, thank you for that part of this lovely open conversation about how your experiences have been as a medical student, but also as a human being. We're now going to go into something called the quick fire round. <laughs> so the quick fire round of happiness questions, because obviously this is all about how you find your fizz in life, you know. So, are you ready, Fraser? Go for it. 
What one thing has made you happy today? Oh, I had such a good bagel from a little bagel shop in Liverpool. It was a jalapeno bagel. It was a pound per bagel, which is quite expensive for a bagel, but I, I feel like I have to go back and get that bagel again. Like, it was such a good bagel. Did it make you feel really happy? Oh, food just generally makes me happy, but especially bagels. Oh, that sounds insane. Like, you know, I've always, like, wondered about where the best bagel in the UK would be. So if you ever <laughs> find, if you ever find like, the best bagel in the UK, let me know because I'm a bagel fan as well. Oh, bagels are so good. So good, right? I just, I just think it's, I don't know what it is about a bagel, but they're just amazing. <laughs> so if anyone out there knows a great bagel spot in the UK, once lockdown is over... I'm so there. <laughs> yeah, hit, hit us both up. Yeah, like, we'll, hit us both we'll, up. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go bagel hunting and like become like unofficial tour guides of bagels. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a dream. Okay, next question. What are the top three tips you'd give someone in the search of happiness? I'm, I'm worried that I'm repeating myself, but I, I'm just going to reiterate what I said. Like, look after yourself. Like, you're number one. Like, look after yourself before you look after other people. Yeah enjoy what you enjoy doing and don't feel any pressure from anyone else. I think, I think they're the three most important things to find, find happiness. Yeah. I'm literally with you on that. I think it's so, so important. And, you know, even like if you find it really hard to connect with people, things like volunteering, that's how we met. We met through volunteering at children's camps around the UK. And, you know, I think it's just so important to know if you can get yourself into those spaces where you're doing something that, you feel fulfilled with but you're also helping someone else you can find the best connections like we would never have met had it not been that (laughs) you know that was just like a random opportunity that came my way and I just thought yeah let's go for it and I'm so happy that so happy that I did because I've met so many amazing people at camp Mm, and it's also made you I think it's given you a clearer mindset as well for what you want to do after like you know you you head into your junior doctor years because you were saying to me you obviously want to go into emergency and peds just I cannot think of a better person to go and do that definitely because I I, I didn't realize that I wanted to do pediatrics really until over the wall was sort of like a taster to see if I actually liked working with children with Mm. serious health conditions and it's just it's given me such a like good pointer into the direction that I want to take my career yeah and for context like over the wall is a respite support camps for children with serious illnesses and their families and siblings which yeah it's just a wonderful charity and I think if you ever get the opportunity to volunteer and you want to do something not necessarily having to be in the medical field but someone that really cares about kids and wanting to support them then it's definitely a great charity to volunteer for Thanks, Fraser, for that. Okay, so next one. Who is your happiness influencer? Ooh, you've put me on the spot here. Whoever it is that makes you like the happiest or makes you feel like your best self. I I think this is a bit of a a cop-out answer, but I think it'd be a bit unfair to nominate one person. I think just in general, like the people that I like to surround myself with are my inspiration to be happy like yeah I, that, that, that's where I'm most happiest like is around the people that I, I surround myself with I I and feel so. you on that I would I would 100% agree with you on that because I'm yeah. I vibe off other people so I, it would be so hard for me to pick one so fair, fair enough I'll give you that <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that point <laughs> not that we're counting points for this <laughs> okay um next question this is actually an exciting one for the listeners and it's What's an activity that makes you happy and you would like to recommend others to try this week? 
So it's that sort of happiness activity for the week. As soon as we're out of lockdown, I'm going to encourage everyone to just go and have a go at climbing. And I'm sure you'd agree with me with this. Yes. That it's it's just doesn't matter if you're the least flexible or like climbing just is for everyone. Like mm. there's there's easy routes and there's hard routes, like um and routes in between, like everyone can have a good go at climbing and it's just such a good place to like go and meet new people. Yeah. Um, but obviously we're about to go into a lockdown on Thursday. Yeah. So <laughs> I think then I'd recommend everyone to go buy a paint by numbers kit and just see how you get on with it. Yes. I think that's a great idea. So activity for the week is paint by numbers. Or, you know, I don't know if you saw throughout lockdown, but I tried climbing my treadmill and I um... did see that. <laughs> So I climbed my treadmill and I've climbed, I've tried climbing like my cupboards. I don't recommend it. Like I'm not, I'm not saying anyone should do that. Thankfully, I'm okay. Definitely, I really do highly agree with you on that. Like I think climbing is just such an incredible sport. But because you don't just do it on the climbing centre, do you? You take it out and climb mountains and go trekking and things yeah. like that, don't you? Yeah, so definitely. So it's, uh, you can turn it into a bit of scrambling. And so there's lots mm. of places in the UK where, where, it's more of a scramble rather than a walk um, and your climbing definitely comes climbing skills definitely come into that um, but also you can go climbing outdoors you can do bouldering um, mm-hmm. outdoors I've yet to try it it's meant to be a very humbling experience because it's a lot harder yep, outdoors it is. is indoors um, but I am going to try it at some point maybe when I've the weather gets a bit it. warmer <laughs> yeah I have tried it it is tougher outdoors but we've said this haven't we we've said that we want to we want to go and climb climb something together um, which would be so great so if anyone out there wants to go and climb Snowden or something with me and Mr Snowden <laughs> then hit us up because we're, we're so up for that challenge I said this to you like even throughout lockdown like how it gives me so much happiness but you know sometimes you are nervous to do it yourself and just finding that one friend that will do it with you is like the key thing yeah definitely so yeah we'll set we'll set up a group if anyone fancies climbing with us there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh okay what would you do to make someone else happy? My favourite thing to do with someone is take them for a coffee. I, I feel like you probably could have guessed that answer. I will. <laughs> like a, a hot drink, for, for some reason, just offering someone a hot drink, like it just, it can just lift someone's day. It can just change, mm-hmm. like completely turn around their day. So if, if, I, if I see anyone having a hard time, I always just ask like, do you want a hot drink? Do you want to go and have a chat? Um, and it's like we were saying earlier, it's like breaking down that initial barrier, like, like just going for a coffee is breaking down that initial barrier because it's an activity. So it doesn't feel like a talk. It can allow someone to be comfortable enough to like say how they're really feeling. Literally gave me a smile on my face because I'm like, that is just a standard doctor like sort of advice <laughs> or a nurse advice where you would be like, let's go have a cup of tea. That'll make you feel a lot better, you know, but it is, it's so true. It's not something that doctors and nurses just say for no reason. It's, it does bring so much joy to people by simply, I think it's a warming effect, isn't it? It just gives you that sort of like warming sensation that, you know, someone is really thinking about me and they just want to spend a little bit of time chatting to me, which is so nice. Yeah, so, no, exactly. Yeah. Over lockdown, if, if you can't do that, Zoom call with a hot cup of tea. Or Zoom breakfast. Like I've done that with friends as well. Or even like, are we allowed to meet one person, is it? Yeah, so you're, you're allowed to meet one, 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 one other person outside your household, yeah. One other person. Get your keep cups. 
make or even like make your friend a coffee and go for a social distance walk together I've done that with a couple friends and it's like the best thing and I'm like here I made you some chai and we'll just go for a walk together I think that's really important yeah oh I love that that is a great one right final question what does finding your fizz mean to you I think I'm just going to change the word word fizz into finding happiness like that it's it's finding what makes you tick it's it's finding like where you want to be when you when you look back into yourself and and think who am I like what what do I really enjoy I I think that's your fizz I think it's nothing too complicated it's it's literally just what you enjoy doing like and I think that should be everyone's fizz like you you shouldn't be doing stuff that you don't enjoy if you're if you're doing something that you don't enjoy you need to work out why you don't enjoy it so you can then change it into something that you do enjoy and get something positive out of it yeah and I think it is it's looking at things in such a positive mindset because if you're not doing something that's making you happy then what's the point of doing it right exactly yeah. I, I think I think sometimes people overcomplicate things and literally like you know yourself what what makes you happy and you just need to try and do things that give that same feeling I really do love that is there anything else you want to share with our listeners Fraser I think that I'd like to say is obviously we've mentioned over the wall of being fizz have really got a lot of out of over the wall when you're if you're looking for something to do so something different to meet like-minded people I, I definitely have a look at their website and see see if it, it could be for you because it I've, I've met a lot of great people out of it and I've had such mm. good experiences out of it and it's and it's such a it's just such an amazing charity so yeah really agree with you on that and I think you know had we not on that one night be looking for bushcraft, <laughs> like <laughs> things to like build build a bushcraft together, I don't think our friendship would have been as as pure it is as it is. And it's just so wonderful because you do you meet like the most randomest people that just you know become part of your life. And I'm really grateful to have you, Fraser. Same here. Yeah. I absolutely, absolutely love our yoga sessions. <laughs> It's so much fun. But also like within that sort of network, it's called the Serious Fun Camp Network. And it's not just in the UK. So it's all over the world. So you can go and find camps across the world. I volunteered in the one in Ireland called Barrettstown, which is incredible as well. And um, yeah, I think there's there's loads dotted around. Yeah, there's loads in America. Yeah, loads of in America. And one called Hole in the Wall, which is their biggest one. Oh, thank you so much, Fraser. Yeah, thank you like, for having me. Honestly, it's just been such a joy speaking to you and just being able to share this time with you. I really appreciate your time. No, I've really enjoyed this. And I feel like I've got a lot out of it as well. Oh, good. I'm so glad, buddy. I would normally say here, if anyone wants to find you, where can they find you? But you're like my little dark horse <laughs> where you're very private and we're not just a medical student but you you do bring so much hope and it is sometimes those people that you wouldn't ever think of that will give you so much great wisdom and advice and you've definitely done that for our listeners so just thank you for being you and coming on as you i'll see you soon buddy all right see you soon bye (laughs) bye how great was that thank you so much to Fraser for coming onto the show I really love that conversation and Fraser definitely is one of the most nicest happiest kindest funniest humans in my life and I'm so so grateful to have him as a pal honestly he just cracks me up each time we are together or doing zoom yoga together 
he just showcases how you should just love life for what it is and I think that's just a special message to take away just in itself. I think it's true to say that often we look to be inspired by external people, whether that's celebrities or IG influencers, but the truth is the humans that really inspire you and bring you the most joy in life are definitely the people you surround yourself with. So if you are a medical student or a healthcare professional, please do check in that you are surrounding yourself with amazing humans that make you happy. I think more so than ever, 2020 has helped us discover what self-care truly is and what having a work-life balance means. We also mentioned the charity Over the Wall quite a lot throughout our conversation as both myself and Fraser absolutely love it and that's how we met and we wanted to dedicate the call of action of this podcast to Over the Wall. Like we mentioned, Over the Wall provide free residential support camps to children with serious illnesses and their families. Camp is the most magical place on earth. It's honestly like being wrapped up in a bubble of joy full of unicorns, rainbows, magical creatures and a lot of face paint (laughs) that you are often scrubbing your face for days. (laughs) But whilst creating a whole lot of mischief and magic and supporting the children, both with health challenges and their siblings to find joy and life again, you often find that within your lives too if you come and volunteer. Not only do Over the Wall provide camps for the children, they also provide specialist family camps to help families to reconnect as a family unit again. When you have a sick child, often you lose sight of how to be happy together because you're constantly worrying about the sick child and trying to support them daily, whilst also trying to just support your own mental health and well-being as well. Well, Over the Wall provide that space with volunteers becoming teammates and welcoming those families and supporting them throughout a weekend to find that happiness again. At camp, there are also roles for medical volunteers, which include doctors, nurses and paramedics, who we call the Beach Patrol. With hula skirts and inflatable sea animals, you would never see a white lab coat on site. The Beach Patrol team help a child feel human Despite having to take regular medications throughout camp, they make the child's daily visits to the medical room fun. Camp is honestly the best place on earth to find more joy and fulfillment in life, especially if you're losing sight of what pure happiness looks like and also if you're looking for experience because volunteering can honestly give you that. Unfortunately, with COVID, camp sadly had to be cancelled this year. But the incredible staff team worked hard and made it happen virtually for hundreds of children across the UK with the help of the incredible volunteers. My fingers are crossed that next year camps will be back on throughout the UK. So please do head to otw.org.uk to find out more on how you can get involved and spread some mischief and magic to children that may just need it. If you also know any child with health challenges or maybe a sibling that is like a young carer to their sibling with a health condition, please do recommend them to check out Over the Wall. Thank you so much if you stayed until the end to listen to this message. If you want to find out more about me and my work, head to happyheartflow.co.uk and follow me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at happyheartflow. And please do get in touch if you have any questions or if I can help in any way. 
Don't forget to rate, review and share this podcast if you enjoyed it. I love you all so much and thank you for being here. And I can't wait to catch up with you again next week for more Moments of Fizz. Lots of love, Fizz. <laughs>